Welcome to the Fantasy Fam Fantasy Football Podcast. I'm your host, Chris, coming at you from Rain Man Studios here in Northern Jersey. I'm on the mic with my brother, Shrem, and our cousin, Kyle. Today, we're taking an express ride on the hype train and deciding to either stay on until draft day or completely avoiding certain players at their current ADP. seen hype destroy athletes before to name a few ryan leaf jamarcus russell who mm. henson hey what's up tom my favorite <laughs> ryan leaf freddie adu Ooh, freddie adu wow wow that's a, that's whatever a good one. Ha- whatever happened to him there's a good article on uh, espn actually about how he became a mentor to young soccer players i think going through something similar but he he never lived up to any of the hype he was a phenom he was man was even Reggie Bush to some degree never even really lived up to the hype. Not really. Had a couple good seasons. Supposed to be the biggest athlete, greatest running back coming out of college. He he definitely was not. Others in similar situations have thrived with the pressure and let their talent do the talking. I'm looking at you, Bron Bron. As much as I don't really want to say it, A Rod, Sidney Crosby, Sean Kemp. <laughs> Just nice. To still I had to throw that one in there. Still nice. listening. Still listening. <laughs> Um, Michael Phelps, Becky the Icebox O'Shea from Little Giants. She did live up to the hype. She might be the best one, actually, on that list. She might be the best. She totally lived up. Phenomenal athlete. <laughs> Incredible linebacker. Good reserve running back. Why don't we kick it off to, uh, to one of you guys? Who do you want to talk about first? Ooh, on the hype train. So a couple guys come to mind, at least for me. But my biggest one is Damian Williams. I know a lot of people are talking about him saying, oh, he's not going to be that good this year. Like, why? Andy Reid. Andy Reid has had an RB1 in his past 12 out of 20 seasons. Just to name a few, Deuce Staley, Brian Westbrook. Five years in a row we had Brian Westbrook. I'm not saying Damian Williams, Brian Westbrook, but, I mean, the guy clearly knows how to manage a good running back and – you know, cater to it. Uh, LaShawn McCoy, two years. Jamal Charles, two years. And then Kareem, when he was still on the team, two years. So why can't Damian Williams do that? We saw what the guy can do last year. I'm pretty sure I talked about him on one of the previous episodes. I am a strong, I'm a big believer in Damian Williams. Um, he obviously, he's got Patrick Mahomes. I think the fact that Tyreek Hill is not suspended definitely helps him more now that it's going to push the safeties back by far because Tyreek Hill is, I mean, one of the fastest guys in the NFL. So obviously that's going to open it up for Damian Williams. So he's currently the 13th ranked running back. Um, I have him just inside my top 10, actually. I just changed my rankings. And I think I have him at nine as of now uh, because of the fact that Tyreek Hill is not suspended anymore. I know that sounds crazy, but again, it, it it all comes, you know, twofold so Damian Williams is my is my hype train I am I'm all in on the hype all aboard (laughs) 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 insert train pulling out of the station yeah (laughs) (laughs) Uh, yeah I mean I like Damian Williams I think that that Chiefs offense makes him better I think it's a scheme fit it's a you know an offense fit that just it's going to keep on rolling Um, so that's a good one 
But uh, mine is somebody I had liked a lot last year, and this year I absolutely 100% love them. And that is Carry On Johnson. Okay, Carry On, my wayward son. He was oh, just he was, he was so unbelievably efficient last year in the times he actually played uh, those what played ten games last season. Um, he, right now, this year, he is going in the early fourth round of most PPR drafts. Um, he is he is. I think he has the potential for over 250 total touches, 200 carries, 50 plus receptions, um, especially if his efficiency efficiency stays at over five yards per carry. Um, He's going to be running behind probably a top 15, top 16 offensive line in Detroit. And the best part about Kerryon Johnson is that the new offensive coordinator is Daryl Bevel. Okay. Daryl Bevel comes from Seattle where they love to run the rock. Daryl Bevel, when he came into the league was a big passing guy he was more of a wide receivers guy he was more of a air it out game and that hasn't really changed he is a you know high intensity just gun it rip it kind of uh, offensive coordinator west coast kind of guy however in recent years he has adapted more to a running scheme he knows that the nfl has to can't just be passing it has to also include running and you give him a guy who can catch the ball 50 plus times in a season who's going to run for five yards per carry I know they have C.J. Anderson, but I'm not too worried about that. I think Kerryon Johnson has the chance to finish as a top 12 back pretty easily. I know that Lions offense kind of was anemic last year, whether it's passing game or the running game when he was down. However, him going right now in the middle of that fourth round, I mean, he has the chance to be a top 12 guy going in the fourth round. So for me, I am all aboard that carry-on train. I know he could potentially move up into that early fourth or late third, but – uh, I am all aboard. I think he is a great complimentary running back two to have on your team. He had 32 catches last year in 10 games, and right now there's a lot of hype around 60-plus catches. They yeah. did just get rid of Theo Riddick. That is the biggest news, Which, I think. Yeah, I mean, I, I honestly, I kind of wanted to skirt over that because I really saw that coming anyway. I think they were planning on, you know, cutting him at some point. Yeah. But, yeah, to get rid of a passing, a passing uh, running back or receiving running back, and he's going to fill that role. C.J. Anderson doesn't catch passes. Kerryon Johnson's going to catch those passes lost there. I mean, I think he has a chance to catch over 55-plus passes. Um, so, for me, I'm all about Kerryon because of that. The touchdowns are going to come in more of a smaller doses, but I think he could have 10 total touchdowns. Is he in your top 10 right now? Um, or close or close to it? I actually just did, redid my rankings, and he is he's number eight for me. Right now, wow. he's number. He's actually wow. number. He's number thirteen right now for me, which he's going to move up slowly. Um, I did not account for Theo Riddick just yet in those rankings. That's what I just did. So yeah, he has the chance to move into that 11-12 range, but then he's going to be battling with people like Dalvin Cook, Joe Mixon, who I think have the chance for even more receptions. Um, so it's it, that's a close one, but I do love Carryon Johnson this year, and the discrepancy is not too much. Maybe fifteen total points between them. I think his upside on first and second down is capped by the addition of C.J. Anderson. I think because he is more on the fragile side, that he will actually see touches to C.J. Anderson on first and second down. But the Theo Riddick loss by addition for him means he's going to catch a lot more passes, I think. So I'm going to have to adjust my rankings as well. In my mind, he's moving up a few spots, but he's still, I think, in the 15 to 20 range for me, honestly, just because the Lions are – I don't know. Darrell Bevel hasn't had a job and hasn't done well in the last few years for a reason. Right. They're the they Lions. Run the ball. Yeah, they are. They are the Lions. Though. They're so the that's, Lions. You know, I mean, that's, that's just it. That's – they are what they are. The big, the big thing about carry on though, and I love carry on, is the fact that if you do miss on those third round running backs, which I love, like wholeheartedly love, the people like Aaron Jones and Marlon Mack, like if you miss on one of them, I would be very happy landing carry on Johnson as that like. Replacement. Oh, totally. He's opportunity. Somebody's got to score, right? So if if they score, you know, maybe it'll be him. All right, so I'm going to transition to wide receiver because 
the Chris Godwin hype train has been accelerating out of the station ever since Bucks hired Bruce Air Raid Arians. The thing is, too, they're going to need to find a home for 179 targets from the losses of Adam Humphreys and Deshaun, Deshaun Jackson from last year's team. He's entering his third year. That's usually the year that wide receivers break out. He plays a majority of the snaps from the slot, the position that Larry Fitzgerald made famous when he was in Arizona with Bruce Arians. I think he has a great chance for 80 catches, 1,000 yards, which to me puts him squarely in the wide receiver two range with extreme upside. He's currently the 20th receiver going off the board, about 50th in uh, overall in PPR. He's going behind right now. He's going behind Julian Edelman, Brandon Cooks, Kenny Galladay on the Lions, come on, and Robert Woods. I have him ranked ahead of all of them. To me, he's in the 15 range, which is right outside wide receiver one. Uh, right behind Mike Evans even. The thing is, their their defense is going to go through some growing fans this year. They have no running back to speak of. They have a couple guys in the roster with RB next to their name. They're not running backs. I mean, they do have Andre Ellington, a former draft day darling of Bruce Arians. Who play with Brad, exactly, who played with Arians. <laughs> <laughs> that's, another, that's another hype train guy that we could discuss, you know, as we get closer to the season if he's still on the team. But um, I think they're going to have to pass a ton. Jamai is, is going to be passing almost every down, I think, this year. And I think they're going to find a way to get it to my boy, Chris Godwin. Yeah. I mean, I have, I have Godwin right now. He's going to, I think he's going to inch his way up even further. I have him at uh, wide receiver 17. I do have him actually right around the players you mentioned, Kenny Galladay, who I absolutely love this year as well. Um, Julian Edelman, Amari Cooper, Brandon Cooks, all in that kind of, you know, 16 to 20 range. So I love Chris Godwin. I do think he can, he has the highest ceiling out of any of those players by a wide margin. So if I'm going based on ceiling over anything, it's going to be Chris Godwin overall. Yeah, I got him at 14 excited. right now. Get yeah. excited, baby. We're all excited about him. Well, actually, he's going to move up a spot just based on the fact that I didn't adjust for the A.J. Green uh, situation, which if you want to pivot to that right now, A.J. Green was on some people's radar as a sleeper because of his, his stock had just dropped. I mean, he, you were looking at him in that late third, early fourth round. Some people saw that as a good value. Some people saw it as I'm giving up on A.J. Green totally. And now he goes down. He has some torn ligaments in his foot Awful. or his ankle. Sorry. Awful. His ankle. They're saying about oh. six to eight weeks. We know what that really means. That means eight to 10 weeks. For uh, him, I, it could yeah. be half the season. So we're looking at him. It means he's never coming back. Basically. Yeah, we're looking at him returning like October 1st for the most yeah. part, um, which he misses the first four to five weeks of the season um, for a guy that really needs to bounce back. He's over that 30 hump now, and he's been injury prone in recent years. Uh, this is definitely a devastating loss for the Bengals and for fantasy owners alike so he's going to plummet down draft boards and I'd be happy taking him in like the 10th round but he still might might go higher than that because they're hoping for the best because of his name yeah exactly that's the name hype okay exactly the The name it's like take emotion out of it the train that hype train comes in all different shapes and sizes it comes with names it comes with stats it comes with opportunities the name one is the worst one do not the name one Adrian Peterson's of the world, unfortunately, are part of that trade. Um, did have a good year, but he is part of that name hype trade. Now, exactly. Stats don't lie. Numbers don't lie. <laughs> but to transition, brother, I'm going to stay with Tampa Bay for my second one, which is James Iez Winston. He's my Son. hype train guy. Uh, I keep talking about him. We keep talking about Bruce Arians. Bruce Arians is an incredible head coach. Not only can he win games, but he can also 
cater and tailor a good like a a quarterback. I mean, we saw what he did in Arizona with Carson Palmer. Where did that come from? That was so weird. And then they had two winning seasons back to back. Made it to the they lost in the championship and then lost in the uh, wild card game. So Jameis Winston is currently my. I have him ranked as my sixth quarterback. I know that sounds insane, but it's Bruce Arians. Uh, now, I'm going to give you some stats on Bruce Arians as a head coach. Uh, in, 20, in 2012, he had the seventh passing offense. In 2013, he had the 13th. 2014, he had the 14th. In 2015, he had the second. Next year, the ninth. And then the year after that, he had the 15th. But I think that was kind of the year of the Arizona went a little bit down. So clearly you can see when he's a head coach, top 15 passing offenses, which Mike Evans is a very talented wide receiver. We just talked about Chris Godwin. He's got OJ Howard he's throwing to, who could be on a breakout campaign this year. He's got a very serviceable and number two tight end in Cameron Brait. This guy, Scott Miller, they're talking about, who could possibly play the slot or that third wide receiver ahead of Burchard, I can't do anything, Perryman. who never lived up to the hype but Jameis Winston he's currently going I believe depending on where you look like in the range of ninth to 10th round now that's waiting on your quarterback obviously if you build up your team running backs wide receivers and then if you want to draft a quarterback around there I I would recommend going Jameis Winston the guy's going to throw a crap ton of passes and again like you said brother there's no running backs on this team Peyton Barber he's not bad he is not awful. <laughs> let's, I mean, let's be real. He's not, he's not going to be a top 10, top 15 running back. Rojo, we still haven't seen anything yet. Jameis Winston, all aboard. Doop, doop. Yeah, yeah, except, yeah, 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 except in my rankings, he's going to throw a crap ton, but a crap ton of interceptions. Yeah. Ah. <laughs> so, we, we know um, that's not true. That's not true. Yeah, yeah I, I am not. With a I, lot of passes co- could potentially come a lot of interceptions. That is correct. The height train for Jameis Makes sense. Bruce Arians, two great wide receivers, a great tight end, no running game. It makes complete sense. I get it. Um, but Jameis is in that contract year. He has to play for something. And I uh, I don't love Jameis. I really don't. I just don't love him as a player. Do I think he can finish as a top 12 quarterback? Yes. Um, I just, as a player, I do not like him. Well, we'll um, see. Bruce is- I like his opportunities. He's like daddy, you know? He's like, <laughs> he's like the coach father that he hasn't yeah. had yet. Yeah. So, I, yeah, I, like I you know. said, a contract year. Yeah, it's that's the biggest thing for him is that he's in a contract year. Where he's playing it. for the future. Let's put it that way. Um, and I, I just, I love the weapons around him. I love the players around him and the coaching. I just, I'm not sure. I love the. Players. So wait and see. I mean, I have him. I have him around Kirk Cousins, Dak Prescott, Big Ben. So it's not the worst company, but you know. I hear you. I just have too much love, and I get it. Yeah, I, mean, I, I, I love, I love the upside, honestly, though, because I think Bruce Aaron, Bruce Arians has the ability to corral. Oh. Miss Winston's weaknesses, at least to negate some of them, make make them less extreme as they have been over the past few years. And it's a contract year. He wants to get paid. He's understanding that he's not living up to the hype, I think, as well, and he wants to be better. He needs to get paid. And they have to pass every play, honestly. <laughs> and he has an arm. They're going to throw the ball downfield every play. I think they're going to be one of the more fun offenses to watch this season. And so can we pivot? Well, let's pivot to my second hype hype train, hype, um, whatever you want to call him, player, that I think is going to start rising in draft boards. He plays for an offense that is going to be anemic to watch. Um, one that is near and dear to all of our hearts here, and that is the New York Giants. Yes. You love, you love that uh, word. We're going to – which word? <laughs> anemic. 
Oh, anemic. <laughs> well, it is true. Evan Ingram is the only player of receiving capabilities. Let's leave out Saquon here. He is the only receiver on the Giants that is in full health and is allowed to play football over the first four weeks of the season. Okay. <laughs> yes. Heels aside, yes. <laughs> if we're speaking on an actual, actual, you know, realistic here, uh, yes, he's the only person allowed to catch passes, not named TJ, whoever the hell they just signed. Um, so, yeah. how's your Mazzilli? They brought him back? TJ <laughs> Jones. I'm sorry. Anyway, Evan Ingram, back in 2017, put together one of the best rookie tight end seasons in NFL history, not named Rob Gronkowski. Flash forward to 2018, not so much, did miss five games, wasn't the best season in terms of health. However, he did put together a respectable season, and we know that tight ends in the NFL have have rough uh rough lives um however you you take down now golden tate for the first four games he is appealing however you know we you know we're not a, we're not talking from a legal analyst point here we'll see what happens exactly. yes now we pivot to golden tate golden tate is uh i mean not golden tate um uh cory coleman who we shouldn't even mention but they have no one else cory coleman tears his acl he's done for the year sterling shepherd breaks his thumb, tears his thumb, whatever he did. Awesome. Uh, he, we are not sure about him. He could be ready for week one. He also could miss three to four weeks. We're not really sure. In steps Evan Ingram, the only capable player on the New York Giants to score points. He's right now going in the sixth round, middle of the sixth. I don't name, know. Not name Saquon. Um, once again, this, this whole discussion, this whole discussion, yeah, this whole discussion is, is excluding Saquon Barkley. The entire discussion. I'm not even going to mention Saquon. Purely receiving base here. They have to throw the ball to someone else named, not named Saquon. Evan Ingram is that only guy. Literally the only one. Evan Ingram this season has the capabilities of putting up 70 plus receptions, over 850 total yards, and six, seven plus touchdowns, making him right now my tight end four or five, give or take. I think he has the, I think he has the chance to be a top three, top four tight end because of solely um, the fact that they have no one else to throw to that's not Saquon. Um, Evan Ingram, though, is going in that late fifth, early sixth, and the fact that the Giants have nobody else, that is going to rise. I see him by draft season for most in that late August to early September range. Um, he's going to be in that middle to beginning of the fifth round because there's really not a lot of high upside tight ends. Uh, there's about five or six. Um, and I'm all aboard, honestly. I hate tight ends. I don't like drafting tight ends, but they have no one else. The Giants quarterback situation is going to fluctuate. The Giants are going to be playing from behind a lot, though. And so that's going to help him. I just, I love Evan Ingram. I think he's a good player. He's basically a wide receiver in who can be listed as a tight end. He has the chance to put up five, six plus touchdowns. And I have no problem paying that late fifth um, value. If that starts to creep into the early fifth, then we're in a different scenario because I'm not sure I love that. However, I do love the upside of Evan Ingram. And I do love that he is the number one pass catcher on the Giants. I think you said it incredibly well. As, as a Giants fan, right, brother? From, from one Giants fan to a, it almost sounded like you were a Giants fan in disguise or you were so upset with your team that you're going to become a Giants fan. Oh, absolutely not. I like the Jets way more than I like the Giants this year. So. <laughs> they may have a little bit more, yeah, they may, they may have a little bit more. It's more out of pity. It's more out of pity, <laughs> if we're being honest here. Um, it's well, you fooled me then because it was an incredible, incredible life. Thank you. I, I like Evan Ingram. I think he's a very talented player. And I think that even whether it's Daniel Jones or Eli Manning, he's going to get his film. They're going to throw exactly. They're going to throw to him. What I would do personally, well, take a step back quick because when he was a rookie, he had 115 targets when Odell went down. Odell's gone. The receivers that were going to be in the slot are gone. He can line up in the slot or anywhere. I thought early on 
they were going to move him to the outside potentially because they have Red Ellison, who's a good blocking tight end. He can run patterns from the three-point stance. They had Golden Tate, they had Stone Shepard in the slot. Put Evan Ingram on the outside. Honestly, he can run patterns from anywhere, any formation, any spot on the line. Yeah. I love it, honestly. I think his ADP is going to keep rising because there's going to be a run on the top, like four or five, maybe even six tight ends, like very early on. And then there's a gap where there's going to be a few rounds. Nobody's even going to be looking at tight ends. I think him but and O.J. Howard – I think him and O.J. Howard could kind of come close to one another. I think O.J. Howard could come back to earth a little bit. Um, and I think Evan Ingram could rise a little bit. So I think they could come closer together when it comes to ADP. But, yeah, I mean, if, you're not, if you miss out on Kelsey, you miss out on Ertz, um, I do think that going after somebody like Evan Ingram two, three-plus rounds later, maybe four rounds later, um, I think it's worthwhile. If he's even still there as you get closer to the season. Yeah, as you exactly, get closer, he could, be, exactly. he could, become, the, he could become a fourth, uh, like a late, late fourth, early fifth-round pick, which is very rich, but – Based on opportunity and the unfortunateness that is the New York Giants. Yeah. <laughs> well, there's no delays in New Jersey transit today, all right? Oh, my yeah. goodness gracious. Uh, well, I guess since we're still talking about, you know, NJ Transit trains, um, now the players we'll get into where I'm not buying a ticket to get on is Darius Beetle Geis. I, I just don't, I don't see the love, and I'm probably going to get a lot for this. I don't care. <laughs> here, here it is. Um, he is still technically backing up Adrian Peterson. Kyle, I know you're licking your lips over there. You're getting excited because, you, like you said, the name, AP. AP is still doing it. The guy was one of nine running backs to go over 1,000 yards last year on a decent Washington Redskins team. I mean, they actually surprised some people and finished, you know, like at like 500. But Darius Geis is going between the fifth and seventh round for having never played a snap because of one run in the preseason and then he got hurt and then he got a little bit hurt just a couple weeks ago in training camp obviously he's fine he's healthy now we're gonna see what he can do we'll see how he does in preseason um once preseason starts then this entire argument could be completely kiboshed but i'm not seeing the love right now just based on where he's being drafted and the fact that i can get adrian peterson in the 10th or 11th round if he is technically still the starter so that, I guess that's where my, my hate, not, not, not hate, but not my, I'm not buying the ticket, you know, for the train to get on. And I think it's the ADP that is really, that's bothering me about it because we still haven't seen anything. And I think Adrian Peterson is still very serviceable as a running back. I mean, we just saw him at SportsCon and the guy looks, he, he's ready to go. He looks ready to go. <laughs> he Dude's like, a monster. He's an animal. He looks like an athlete. He looks oh like my God. He's an animal. So yeah, did I mean, you did you hear who's the starting left tackle as of right now on the Washington? <laughs> I know who it is. <laughs> is it uh, is it a former New York Giant? Is it Eric? Is it Flowers? <laughs> Bust. <laughs> it's, oh boy, it's Eric Flowers right now. He's lining up. I so, know it's in practice, but they don't have anybody. Trent Williams is never coming back. Now I don't like any of them. <laughs> <laughs> there is nobody on Washington you should draft. I think Trey <laughs> Quinn. Trey Quinn. <laughs> Maybe Trey Quinn. Trey Quinn. That's it. NAP. But that is my. I mean, I'm on. I'm not on Darius guys. So I'm. I'm letting the train go by. That's Cheers. Fair. I'm with you. Cheers. Running back spot. This is also somebody that I am not as high on as as everybody else seems to be. Um, and there's there's a few reasons, but he's actually running behind one of the best offensive lines in football, and based on the strength of schedule now, has one of the weakest you know upcoming schedules for, for this season. But the Steelers did reach for Benny Snell in the fourth. 
And they have big play receiving back Jalen Samuels in the backfield, who averaged almost 4.6 yards per carry and is an extreme threat to catch passes in the backfield. Okay, we all know that the Steelers have historically been a one-running-back bell cow type of team. Here are some stats for you. The first eight games last year, James Conner averaged almost 24 touches a game and scored 10 touchdowns. From weeks 9 to 13, when he was still healthy, he only averaged 16 touches per game and scored three touchdowns. The Steelers, they collapsed last season. Connor wore down. He got hurt. He seeded touches. I don't think the Steelers are going to be great this year, honestly. Good? Yes. Great? No. And I think that the loss of Antonio Brown, keeping defenses honest, is going to be a real factor this year and moving forward. In PPR, James Conner right now is the eighth running back going at the back end of the first round. And that's where I'm not a fan because there are other running backs that I value much higher that are based on ADP going after him, like Nick Chubb, Joe Mixon, Damian Williams, who we spoke about earlier. And to me, even Devonta Freeman. I think I can wait to get Freeman, but I have him ranked higher than James Conner. Even some of the high upside wide receiver ones, Julio, Michael Thomas, DeAndre Hopkins, I have them all over James Conner right now. And he has the opportunity, but I think that the legend of the bell cow dies this year in Pittsburgh. I think it's the system thing. I think it's the, I think it's the Pittsburgh system that makes um, the, the player. And look, that's not taking anything away from Le'Veon Bell. That's actually not even to take anything away from James Conner. I do think James Conner is a good running back. Um, I actually like him as a top 12 guy, um, but I think it's the system. I think the system fits him. I think it fitted just the way Le'Veon, you know, it was like when Le'Veon wasn't there last year, James Conner slipped right in and everything was A-OK. Dominated. Yeah. I, I, and if the system doesn't change, Pittsburgh wins some games. I think James Conner could have some, you know, good value. That being said, this year, and I'm a, I hate this concept, but if I'm taking James Conner, you can bet your butt I am going to take Jalen Samuels. Ooh. Every single time. Okay, it's, I'm just I have to I have to hedge my bet, and I like James Conner, but I think there's a possibility that if he doesn't perform the way they need him to, Jalen Samuels can fit into that system. They're going to insert him right away, and yeah, yeah they're going to insert Jalen Samuels right away. So That's I right. like I do like James Conner, but I do think that it's a system-based offense, and Jalen Samuels can fit right in if anything happens, or they do not love what James Conner's bringing to the table. I mean, Jesus, I like man. it. I, I, yeah. Anyway, so uh, if let's let's move on to my first sell uh not sell uh, wrong word um jump i mean my first jump off the train tuck and roll whatever you want to call it <laughs> if you're on the train and you want to jump off by all means the I didn't buy a ticket. we didn't buy our tickets this specific player i can tell you i even if i get on the train i will be just completely jumping off i will be leaping off the train and hoping that my tuck and roll lands me on my feet because there is no way i'm paying a third round price for george Kittle. Okay. There is just 0% chance. There is such a wide margin between Travis Kelsey and then Zach Ertz, I think. I mean, I do like Zach Ertz, but I do think there's a pretty decent margin between the two of them. There is an even bigger one in my book between Zach Ertz and George Kittle to the point where I think OJ Howard is approaching where George Kittle is. Okay. Let's look back last year at some of George Kittle's games and forget, forget his yards in the game, forget his targets, forget his receptions, anything. Look at the, the longest reception of that game. Okay. You look, it's incredible, actually. 36, 82, 45, 35, 71, 28, 85, 35, 43. In those games, he had a reception of that number or more. Okay. 
it's unbelievable how many chances he had to receive the ball and ended up making it way more than it should have been. Okay. He's an athlete. Yeah, he is an athlete, but <laughs> to say that's sustainable, to say that is going to happen again, is very just tough. fooling yourself. It's not so much very tough. I think it's physically impossible. There's no way he's going to have three games yet again of a, of a 70 yard reception. Okay. He had three games last year with seven of a 70 yard reception. He could. That's a good point, actually, though. It is. I mean, I. He's, I, not, I, he's not like a Tyreek or a Deshaun Jackson where he's making. Yes, good exactly. Plays, yeah. Like, he is a fast tight end. Okay. He's a good tight end. I'm not taking anything away from him. But you are drafting him with the thought that he's going to repeat. Uh, what do you have last year? 1,377 yards. 13, yeah. I think he could repeat 88 receptions, but I do think he was more of a blanket for those quarterbacks that played for the 49ers during that stretch while Jimmy G was out. I do like him, but his touchdown upside isn't more than six. I think his receiving yard total is going to dip way lower. He was averaging 15.6 yards per reception because of those ridiculous receptions he had. His you know, yak. Yeah, the yards after the catch, 71, 82. Let's repeat those numbers yet again, 85. Okay, those aren't sustainable. They're not possible again. So even if he puts together 80 receptions, he's going to be lowering that number much lower than 15.6 yards per reception. He is a tight end, remember. He is not Gronkowski, and he is not Tyreek Hill. Okay, I do like George Kittle, but the fact that he is, he's going in the middle of the third round. Let's, let's, could, be, could be too rich. Could be too rich for your blood. You want me to read off some names that are going around him? Devonta Freeman, Stephon Diggs, Julian Edelman, Amari Cooper, Zach Ertz, Patrick Mahomes even. I mean, guys who are going to repeat their seasons and then some. I just, I like George Kittle, but he's not, those numbers last year were not sustainable. They are just physically not sustainable. And it's going to be a completely different offense with Jimmy G. Exactly. It's like, who knows? Who knows what's going to happen? They got so the many running, running backs in the right, back. The running game is different. Dante Pettis emerging in year two. Trent Taylor, Debo Samuel. I just, I like all of those pieces to the point where I don't think George Kittle is going to get his fill. And to draft him that high with that much capital at the tight end position with a guy who's not going to repeat last year is just, I think it's insane. But that's just me. Preach, brother, preach. So, the very well sound, you know, argument. I like it. Thank you. Uh, yeah, my... I remember some of those plays too, actually, real quick, because he did catch a lot of like button hook type plays where they just missed him, like yeah. they tackles. And then he turned around or he caught a slant and ran. Like it was, it was. Br- oh my God, I have him on the field. Right, and that's oh, awesome. Yeah, exactly. Good for him. I mean, that's awesome. He's, he's a you know he's a big dude, but with speed, six four, two fifty, good speed. However, like they were just a lot of misplays. Like that's you you can't you can't stat you stand out stat out players for missed tackles, for, you know, at the tight end position. Like I'm sorry, it's just not going to happen. I'm not going to take that into account. I'm going to take into account his abilities and the offense and hope that you know that he reaches those you know numbers. But there's nothing to say he's going to have 1,300 yards again. I'm sorry. His elusive rating, based on those missed tackles, probably went up a little bit, too. Yeah, a little bit. I mean, his, his elusiveness in Madden yeah. is probably so high. Yeah. Those three receptions alone, <laughs> those three receptions alone were more yards in, in a season than most tight ends in the league last year. I'm not even joking. That's actually – that's the sad 80, fact. 80, 80, and 70. Think about that. Truth. That is – holy crap. Anyway. So, for my last uh, not-buying-a-ticket guy – is uh, and brother we keep you know bringing on the same squad but i and i know i may get some crap for this one too but Uh-oh. where he's being drafted uh dante moncrief i do not see the love i don't i don't know why um actually yeah i do and i'm gonna tell you so he has had all the opportunity in the world when he was on jacksonville i mean he could have ran away with that number one position like wide receiver 
he easily could have. When they drafted him in Indianapolis, I believe, he they touted him. They were like, oh, yeah, Dante Moncrief, this guy's going to be awesome. He didn't do anything. He's been in the league for five years. He's had five games of over 100 yards. That's it. Um, one season, he had 64 catches. And then every other season was less than 48. So we haven't seen what this guy can do with a big – uh, you know, like targets and receptions coming at him. Uh, he is lining up as the number two right now in Pittsburgh. So the opportunity is there because Big Ben throws the ball 75 times a game. Um, so it's almost like, what have you done for me ne- lately? Which is not really much. So I don't understand the hype. I think the opportunity is there, but I'm not, I'm not sold on him as of right now. So does he almost fit the definition of like a journeyman receiver though? Like, cause he's been on a couple teams in a couple of years and he's, and he's never lived up to the hype though. When is the, when is the potential going to be like long past where he's currently still being like talked about? Exactly. And that's the thing. Like, it's like everybody's talking about him. They love him this season. And that the, I think the biggest thing is, is one, because he did have his best season when he was in Indianapolis. And I believe it was with Andrew Luck when he threw the ball a lot but he still didn't get that much love. So it's like now Big Ben, who, is, who throws more passes than Andrew Luck. So I, 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 still don't, I still don't see it. I know that opportunity is really the, – this, like his ceiling could be very high, but his floor could also be very low. No, his, he never had more than 733 yards, which was his second year. Exactly, with 68, 64 catches, right? Yeah, 105 yeah. targets. The, the past three seasons, I mean, hadn't been great. Last year he had – he had 89 targets last year, but the offense had Blake Bortles running the show. Three touchdowns. I mean, it was an okay season, but not nothing resembling a potential wide receiver two, even wide receiver three, like, upside. Exactly. Um, so, I'll jump into my player, but first I'm going to say I disagree wholeheartedly. Um, I do like Dante Moncrief this year, but that's okay. Uh, um, I don't like James Washington. I don't think there's – I just don't get the James Washington thought process, why people think he's going to be the number two. Deontay Thompson. Deontay Thompson – Deontay Johnson. Isn't it Deontay Johnson? Uh, Deontay Johnson on Pittsburgh. I think he has actually the chance to do it. We saw some videos from camp. I think he actually has some skill, but not for year one. It's Jalen Samuels. I, I can see him surpassing Dante. <laughs> anyway, um, I'm just going to jump really quickly into mine because I don't – mine's a wait-and-see guy. It's not so much a – I'm not going to tuck and roll yet. I'm going to see where the next stop is on the train and see if I want to get off or if I want to stay on. Um, and that is DJ Moore. I know people absolutely love DJ Moore. DJ Moore right now is going in that late fourth, early fifth round. However, it's all based on Cam Newton's health, which I don't love. It's all based on the Carolina offense, which I think still goes right through uh, CMC. And I just, I don't, I don't know. I don't know how I feel about it. This is more of the, the feeling I get when it comes to the Carolina Panthers. But the other thing is, is that I could totally see DJ Moore getting, you know, 75 receptions over a thousand yards and five or six touchdowns. I'm, so that's what I'm saying. It's like, for me, that DJ Moore train is basically a wait and see. I'll, I'll let you know in like two or three weeks how I feel about it, how he goes through the first few, um, you know, preseason games, how he looks, how Cam looks. For right now, DJ Moore is on my radar as a potential get-off. I might just completely get off the train, or it might be someone I'm looking to stick around and watch. Um, so I wanted to mention him because it's it's worth noting because of his ADP, his value is extremely high right now. Curtis Samuel, to me, has much greater upside being a ninth, 10th round pick based on his ADP right now. And the offense does run through CMC. Cam Newton hasn't been healthy. Um, I do like DJ Moore, honestly, but I think I'd rather have Curtis Samuel, which we've talked about, in a couple episodes before. So 
Based on his ADP, definitely. I'm going to probably have to agree with you on that. Cam Daddy. So remember, let this info be a guide. Ride the hype train and put your chips in the middle or tuck and roll and jump off, apparently. Or don't even buy a ticket. <laughs> or don't even buy a ticket. <laughs> buy a ticket or don't even buy a ticket. You can find us at thefantasyfam.com or on Twitter at thefantasyfam. We're on most podcast platforms, including iTunes. This is the Fantasy Fam, signing off.